I'm your host, Ryan Fowler. We're going to talk a lot of Alabama Crimson Tide football with Chris Walsh coming up in just a couple of minutes. You do not want to miss this. And a guy that has written over 25 different books. He's the beat reporter covering the University of Alabama, and he's been covering the University of Alabama for many, 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 many years. And a guy that's always dialed into the program. And I never want to say anything about other writers because I think they do a great job. We talk about covering the University of Alabama. I think we've got a great group of media guys who dialed in on the Crimson Tide. And we may disagree from time to time, but and not with Chris. I'm just talking about as, as general but I think we, as a group of media, have a pretty good group covering the University of Alabama. Only the best for the best, right? But you think about a guy that's been here for many, many years and had a chance to cover Alabama prior to the arrival of Nick Saban. That's one of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about. But he's written a, a article, a series of articles talking about, you know, best overrated, underrated teams in college football and in history, the decades. We'll talk about that with Chris Walsh. But it gives us a really great sense of appreciation. And I don't know if it will hit us until maybe, what, 15, 20 years down the road. We'll look at Nick Saban and we'll go, he did what? He won six national titles. He won seven, eight, whatever it is. We'll look back and we'll go, he did what? He did He did what? Are you kidding? Yes, yes. That Nick Saban went on to win Six, seven national titles, whatever the the total will end up. He's probably got at least two more, if not more. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Let's go to Chris Walsh, SEC country beat reporter covering the University of Alabama. He's also authored over 25 books. You can connect with him on the Twitter account at Rodding Walsh. Connect with him there at on the Twitter account, and let's welcome in. Chris, I hope you're having a great day. Welcome in to the Alabama Crimson Tide podcast here on seccountry.com. Thanks for having me. How many years have you been covering Alabama? I may have added a couple there to you, but... Uh, 2004. So this will be my 15th season. Yeah, 15th season. Wow. It's It's been a fun ride when you look at uh, watching, because we, we covered the, the down years of Alabama football and the kind of, you know, Darby to the right, Darby to the left, and... Uh, now we're getting a chance to to cover probably one of the greatest dynasties, if not the greatest dynasty in the, in college football history. Oh, I'm already on the record to say it's the greatest dynasty in college football. <laughs> I, 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 did, uh, I did that that story, you know, last year before they even won last year's national championship. I don't think there's any doubt anymore. So it's been quite remarkable to watch uh, Alabama during this stretch. And um, yeah, it kind of blows my mind when I sit there and and. and you know, think of how long it's been. It seems like, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I just got here. Well, it's, it's obviously it's, it's been a, and I think, well, Chris, and you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we'll realize how great this dynasty really is until 15 years down the road. And we'll look back and we'll say, Nick Saban did what? I mean, cause it, we're all, we're all in this kind of, you know, it's, it's puzzling to even watch it up close and we won't really appreciate it until 10 or 15 years down the road. Yeah, I think that's, there's definitely an, an element of truth in that, and, and that's kind of been my aim. You know, it's it's different, right? You know, people are going to follow different writers, and and certain people are going to specialize kind of in certain things. And one of the things that I've I try to do since Alabama won, really in 2009, was okay. Let's start putting let let's go for the perspective. You know, 
um, what does this mean? What is it going to mean? And how does it relate to anything in college football history? And, you know, every single time I sit there and say, okay, you know, this is it. Now they're at the top. Somehow they keep finding a way to top it. So that's just been, it's, it's been amazing. All right, so let's start back with last Monday. You did a really unique piece all throughout the week. It's kind of been a theme that we've, we've had here for the last uh, few weeks at seccountry.com, but even you dialed even closer. The all-time Associated Press is top 25. Kind of break this down maybe uh, as you compile these, this data and maybe some a couple things that stuck out to you. Yeah, it's, well, basically, let me, let me take a, a quick step back. And, and what I did was a, was a five-part series kind of measuring overrated, underrated teams. And we did something on this last year where I took a look at um, – and, and the mythology was very simple. It was you, you take the, the preseason AC, AP poll and you take the postseason AP poll and you measure the difference. And we did it last year and it was, okay, what are the most overrated and underrated teams for the last – five years, 10 years, and 25 years. And even when I was working on it back then, I was like, okay, we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to go back and, and take it another step here. And that is, you know, do an all-time list for both overrated and underrated and kind of also, you know, do measure it by decade, which I thought was kind of a, kind of a standard, you know, measuring um, barometer, if you will. But I, for, for Monday's story and the, the all-time AP, it was, I, I needed a starting point. I needed to, to have something where it's like, okay, these, according to the Associated Press, since 1936, are the best teams in college football. And it, it's something that I used to use when I, when I used to, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but I used to do something on who has the best college football program, which was kind of a, a, a measuring stick for, uh, you know, past and present, and you know, you could kind of see which programs were on the rise and so forth. And that that was well, well working with some different news organizations. But the all-time AP was originally um, done by uh, one of the SEC staffers. They used to include this in the media guide, and the reason why they did so was because there were so many teams in the SEC that were obviously top twenty-five programs. You know, the best twenty-five in college football history. It, it was obvious. And they stopped doing it for some reason about 10 years ago or so. So this was kind of my starting point. And it, it's, it, for this one, it takes the final AP poll and it adds up the points just like it does every single week and who has the most points over you know that entire time period. And Oklahoma had been number one for a long, long time. And Alabama is now, I mean, basically, I think, if they, I think they're one point behind now, which, you know, that, that could change at any time. All right, and then you travel to the next on Tuesday, the most underrated college football teams per decade. Uh, talk about that because I, I always think it's fun to look at the teams that maybe overachieved. Yeah, and and that was kind of you know if you're going to do overrated, you got to do underrated. And kind of going into it, you know, I was I, I was really kind of wondering how like the Utah schools would do. You know, Brigham Young had had its heyday, if you will. Uh, Utah is one of those programs that seems to always be good that no one really talks about. You know, that's the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And, uh, you know, those Western schools. I mean, Oregon, you know, before Nike really got involved and, and it started changing all its jerseys and everything. I mean, when I was young, Oregon was not really a big deal. And now it is. So it's kind of interesting. I wanted to, for me personally, I wanted to see how those Western schools did. And 
Um, and, and, and they were, they, they were obviously, you know, a, a big part of, uh, you know, the, by the decade and just taking a look at, at who's kind of grown over the years, you know, like Boise State, where did they come from kind of thing. So uh, that was a lot of fun for me. So, so then you went most overrated uh, of the decade, and you divide it up, and, and you walk, work all the way from the 30s all the way to current day, and, and you got some pretty big names here in, in these uh, different decades of, of eras of college football. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of interesting to me, um, and, and I'll freely admit this to you, when, when I came up with the idea for doing this, I thought, okay, Notre Dame's going to end up number one. You know, and we're going to see a couple decades, especially, you know, the 80s and so forth. You know, you take away the Lou Holtz years, but um, how many times, has, you know, Notre Dame been even hearing, oh, they're going to be great this year, and then they're just not kind of thing. So um, I didn't add add everything up beforehand. It was just kind of like, you know, going along and, and just kind of seeing how it, how it worked out. But, um, you know, certain teams in certain decades, it, it, you started to see a little bit of a trend, you know, like Oklahoma and Notre Dame and USC. And something that really just jumped out to me um, immediately when I, when I started adding this up is how much easier it is for a top team to fall out of the top 25 than a team that starts out, out of the rankings to really climb it's a lot it's a lot more rare if you will so um so i kind of knew back you know early on it was like okay we're going to see some really big names you know as as being overrated nebraska is is another big one obviously yeah and, and obviously you you see these teams that get a lot of love and it, it seems like you're right though every time this year this time of the year we're always getting these hype teams and it's like and I hate to use this word, but it's almost media created hype. I mean, we're we're almost the guilty party here of of, of over hyping a certain team. I'm talking about us as a group. And then when we get to December, this team's no longer standing tall. I think there's, that's definitely true. But another aspect, obviously, uh, is injuries. You know, like Florida State last year, they started off number three, lose a starting quarterback, and that team just went into a nosedive. And those kind of things happen, and it it, it happens a lot more than I think people realize. So. When, when I started getting a little bit more into it and I started looking at, okay, who's the, who's the most overrated team? I, I went back and I updated the numbers from the original series for, you know, the 5, the 10, the 25 years. And, and Florida State's now the most overrated program in the last 25 years, and that surprised me a little bit. Hey, Chris, let me go back to a couple different things. Um, and and I want, you cover Alabama for a living. You, you've covered Nick Saban. Do you ever think that Nick Saban gets painted unfairly on this grad transfer rule? I mean, I, maybe I'm just my soapbox, but it seems like Nick Saban's on this side. The rule went against him. I think all Nick Saban was doing is enforcing the rule, as he's told us multiple times. Uh, you, you ever think he gets treated unfairly on this grad transfer rule? Oh, sure. I, absolutely. And, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, oh, you're the bad guy because you won't let the player go where he wants to go. Well, that player, you know, wanted to go to Alabama originally. That player got a ton of money to do so. He, you know, and and is going to get, hopefully, in many cases, a degree. Uh, you know, the school has invested a lot of money, time, and effort into that player. So, it, it, and people don't really consider that part of it. They just like, oh, you know, that's the establishment, and they get money, and they're fine. It's, it's. I, I definitely see both sides of it, and. When it comes to Saban in particular, you know, it seems like every single year, everyone's taking shots at him. It, it, it's just the, the topic changes. And more, to, more times than not, 
it's it's when the dust settles, you go back and you look at it and you go, hey, he was right, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these other schools are obviously so desperate to find some sort of success. And it is, it's not just the SEC, you know, it's everywhere that uh, I think a lot of times they don't quite think about the ramifications of, of what they're doing. And when there are some of these changes, when they sit there and say, well, we're going to do this because it's going to help us against Alabama. Alabama is going to circle around and do the same thing back to you kind of thing. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. And I, I actually had a column last week about how you can make whatever rule change you want. Nick Saban's going to beat you. You know, it's, he's still going to win. So, and, and part of that is a lot of these coaches who are, you know, supporting some of these measures, they're so desperate to get like that big win kind of thing. And then, you know, three years, they're somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think he, he keeps taking hits when it's, you know, he, he's just like, look, this is our rule. I'm going to uphold it. I don't understand why the other coaches aren't upholding it. See, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I've, but I've, I, I hear a lot of people talking about, well, Nick Saban didn't get his way. We had a guy on the uh, or two o'clock hour and said, uh, well, that was the Nick Saban rule or Nick Saban did not get his way. I think all Nick Saban was doing is enforcing the rule. And he, matter of fact, he's the one that mentioned in, in, in Destin, he said, let's go in this room and let's change it. If, if we don't want this rule, let's all vote and we'll throw it out. And certainly that's what happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, here's the thing that, that they're not realizing is that he is going to turn around and, you know, how many guys are going to want to now transfer to Alabama? And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot more on that side. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's going to work to Alabama's benefit in the long run. How do you like this red shirt rule? Do you like it? Love it? You think it's good for college football? I'm, I'm pretty indifferent. You know, it's, I understand kind of both sides of it. And I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, this is going to be just totally awesome. And, and, uh, you know, you get a little bit more leverage on, 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 you know, saving, saving a year for a guy. And, uh, you know, that happens, but it's, it's, it's not as often as I think people realize. So it's, it's, we're just going to have the same problem on a different level, but, um, you know, I, I'm willing to give it a shot and kind of, you know, go a year or two and then kind of make up my own mind. All right, Chris, now on a personal side, a little bit, uh, how cool was yesterday for you? (laughs) Yesterday was a lot of fun. Um, for, for those who don't know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a first time dad. My wife and I had our first child, uh, last fall. So, uh, that was my first it's, Father's Day has been something I've been trying to avoid for about 25 years and, you know, just kind of ignore. And now all of a sudden it has a very different meaning to me. It was it was pretty special. Yeah. And you get those messages like because I remember it uh, and you get those happy Father's Day. And it's like, is that for me? Is that yeah? yeah. You, you get those text messages. Like, yeah, that's for you. It's uh, it was a little different. In fact, I, I still have a couple I have to respond to. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, listen, great work on SEC Country. Uh, I keep asking you every time that we have you on, man, you got to update the Nick Saban versus college football because you wrote that several years ago. It's very relevant to what the way that you laid out that book, uh, but it's a, it, it's a lot of, lot of updated material. And, you know, we're looking at a pretty solid season. I think that Alabama is going to go on this year and, a lot of expectations around this team going into the 2018 season. Well, I do have another book in the works, but uh, I don't have a publisher yet, so I don't really want to say what it is until I get that lined up. But uh, what a tease! Um, what a tease! 
Yeah, it's sorry, but uh, I think I think you're going to like it. I'll put it that way. Ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I cannot wait. Uh, Chris, as always, thank you again. Let me invite people, if you want to connect with Chris, uh, it's called Riding Walsh, W-A-L-S-H, on the Twitter account. Chris, as always, thank you for your time, and I hope you have a great day. We appreciate your opp- the opportunity. Thanks, Ryan. Good talking to you. Hey, great conversation there with Chris Walsh. Enjoyed the conversation. Enjoyed the chat. We're talking more college football with you the best fans in the country that next time we visit, we'll talk more Alabama Crimson Tide football. Can you believe it? We're getting close to saying in 60 something days. Let's get out of these 70s. Let's get to the 60s. It's been a long off season. Let me invite you to connect with me on the Twitter account at Ryan C. Fowler at Ryan C. Fowler. I'd love to connect with you. Let's talk more Alabama Crimson Tide football. You can find out all the things I'm involved in daily. Coverage of Alabama Crimson Tide football continues right there at Ryan C. Fowler. And I'll talk to you next time on the daily edition of the Alabama Crimson Tide podcast.